Today's episode is brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network, the first network for women by women. Visit SheLeadsPodcast.com to learn more today. Welcome to the Creative Visionaries Podcast. My name is Tori Barker, a digital marketing specialist, business owner, mom, and you guessed it, a creative visionary. This podcast is about inspiring business owners, building connections, sharing success stories, and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on the Creative Visionaries podcast. Today's guest is Jamie Barlett, and I am so excited to introduce you to her. She's the president and CEO of PolyPay, which was founded in 2013 to provide businesses with a partner who offers them honesty, transparency, customer support, and savings for merchant processing. Jamie, welcome on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Tori. Appreciate the opportunity. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am uh, currently in California, in San Luis Obispo, California, but I am originally from Michigan, uh, born in Michigan. So I put up my mitten to the point where I'm from. Um, so I grew up in Birmingham, Michigan, and uh, lived in the Midwest all over and went to school in Boston at Wellesley College and then settled out here after college and worked all along the coast in, in California in uh, consulting and some tech, uh, some tech work and some startups, the usual startups from the early 2000s and whatnot, uh, and then decided to open my business, PolyPay, here in San Luis Obispo, uh, as you said, in 2013, so that's exciting. I've, so I've been in the middle and the and the back and the left coast and the right coast. And here I am, like they said, three little bears. This is just right. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so tell us about PolyPay. What uh, what does your business do and how did you get into the payment processing industry? Sure. Uh, so PolyPay offers uh, uh, businesses, the, you know, of any size, uh, small or large, any kind of business you can think of. Uh, the, to the opportunity to take uh, credit card payments. So you can be, you know, brick and mortar, you can be uh, a mobile solution, maybe you're on the go, uh, you could have your own e-commerce website, you know, you're maybe your business that wants to take Apple Pay or, Go you know, Google Wallet Pay. So we have all of those capabilities for you. So we help uh, businesses who are either new, existing, uh, or existing, uh, figure out what kind of solution they need, what kind of point of sale, what kind of services they want to offer, how they want to take payments. So obviously, there's other uh, platforms out there, right? So like Venmo and PayPal, or like business merchant services. So how did you come to the the recollection or the idea, this vision that you had to put PolyPay together to kind of bridge the gap or maybe fulfill something that those other vendors weren't doing. Tell me about, sure. about that. I, you know, I think I, I, I was in tech and consulting for many years, never thought I would start a, a business of my own. Um, I still kind of wake up and go, gosh, I did it. Um, but, um, you know, I, I'm a daughter of a banker. So my dad was uh, a member of the trust department for a bank that no longer exists anymore. National bank of Detroit. Uh, and so I grew up watching him be a fiduciary for so many different businesses and individuals. And he always instilled a respect to me of uh, respect of people's money and how they had accumulated the money. And you have to you know, be on the lookout for them, make sure they're being taken care of well, because they worked hard for all of these funds. So when I was thinking about starting a business, I think the big question is always uh, is what 
what what problem are you going to solve? What's going to be your solution? You know that uh, that you're going to come up with. And I thought I had learned a lot about the card industry through him. Uh, he had done some work with Mastercard for many years. Um, so I thought if if there's going to be something I'm going to fix, I bet that's an industry that definitely needs some good actors in it. Uh, there's a lot more bad actors in that industry where they're taking advantage of businesses and they're not giving them the support and the education that they need. So I thought, I think I'll go out and, and let's just do the right thing and be the white knight. Like I said, you know, be out there and, and take care of them and, and do what they expect of us. So yeah. that's where I wanted to put PolyPay uh, center stage with. Yeah, you know, I was uh, reading through your website and through your blog, and I pulled out this quote. It's not really a quote, but I am quoting you because it says, what if you could find a payment processing provider with the experience of Wall Street and the heart of Main Street? And mm -hmm. I really love that because that really, it shows your expertise, your level of experience, but also that customer service relationship and and honesty and authentic authenticity that you want to support your clients with and so absolutely in in the entrepreneur space a lot of us myself included getting started is like okay i know i need this but i i'm not sure where to go and so you look at these different systems or these different offerings out there and you don't know who you can trust and so no. for me trust is like a cornerstone of my business and if i can find somebody that i can trust with my business or whatever facet of a, of my business that i need help with then that relationship's going to just tenfold for me and that's what i try to bring to my clients and it sounds like that's kind of the same strategy and thought that you have with with your business absolutely and i and i think you touched on a big point there is that when you're starting a business there's so many things that need your attention you have so many children per se that you're you're looking after and trying to grow and work on. And if we can, you know, with so many things that small businesses have to take care of from labor to, even, you know, restaurants, getting food and yeah. things like that, and insurance and other things they have to worry about. If we can take this one thing off of their shoulders and they can, you know, that's going to give them some time and some worry, take, take that away from them. That's what we love to do because as you know, well enough, there's enough that you have to worry about day to day that, even a small chunk of something like this, if that's something they can rest easy about, then I feel like we've done our job and they can, they can, they can put effort towards something else. One of the other, probably 8 million other things they need, need to put attention towards. Yeah. And, you know, in our kind of pre-conversation, you're like, you know, the payment industry, payment processing industry is not real sexy, but it's, it's necessary. And it's, I mean, it's not sexy, but it could be sexy, right? We could get you there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You can, you can judge it up a little bit, like I said, but it's, it, it's, uh, yeah, as I said, you know, it's not, it's not a, a sexy opening line, you know, so what, you know, what's your rate right now? Or, Hey, you know, do you like Amex and Discover? Me too. You know, so it's, <laughs> You, you, you got to work on your kind of your opening, your opening lines there. But I, you know, once the um, lines of communication start up with a customer, it kind of it usually kind of just comes out either they've mm -hmm. been uh, so badly burned before by our, um, their uh, previous provider, or they realize, you know, I, I wrote an article um, on that it's on our page that kind of talks about the many faces kind of a takeoff of you know one of my other film husbands clint eastwood uh that's just kind of the good the bad and the ugly right so yeah. in having conversations with customers i'm sure you've seen that too where you've got customers who think they know everything hmm. uh, and maybe they do and then you've got those that are just sort of head in the sand don't want to even think about it and then um there are people that are completely then 
um, relieved and happy when you kind of come and address things for them and they feel safe enough and comfortable enough to ask questions about something that's so critical to their business. Yeah. Uh, so I, my phrase with that line is that, you know, there's a lot of different faces. The conversation can go a lot of different ways, but uh, our point is at the end goal is that we just want to get them to where they need to be and where they need to be treated. I, I think people lose sight of a lot of businesses that are on um, main street. And I kind of use that line for the article because uh, San Luis Obispo, where we are, is actually was considered one of the top 10 main streets in the United States. And I think that a lot of people, you know, having grown up in the Midwest, kind of forget about how many small businesses are out there. Like it's, yeah. it's mind boggling. And then these larger operators, you know, they're a drop in the, in the bucket to those people. So they really don't give them the time and attention that they deserve. True. And I think post-pandemic, well, I guess we're kind of post-pandemic. I mean, this the types of businesses and the entrepreneurs are just increasing. You know, there's so many more people that are starting their own businesses or going out on their own. And so something like the service that you offer is going to be so much more relevant and so important for those people who obviously what you do, what you provide is essential for our business as entrepreneurs. Cause if we don't get paid, then we can't do yes. the business. And so, you know, having that streamline and the partnership with somebody that will, you know, kind of take care of you and, and show you the right ways to do it is going to be essential moving forward for sure. Yes. with The new yes. direction. Absolutely. I think it's a, it's another, you know, just another tribute to us that this is an amazing, uh, you know, you know, country of opportunity and people kind of looked that pandemic in the in the face and said ah I can figure it out and yeah. definitely the case we've seen uh, an explosion of lots of different types of businesses that were people who finally had obviously for a bad reason had more time to themselves to think about coming up with a, a, a company or, or 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 a service that they want to provide and it's it's fascinating now the different types of businesses that are out there that you would never thought even five years ago two years ago that would have existed yeah. What's, um, what is one thing that people come to you, their biggest challenge that they have when they're looking at your services? I think they all get burned into their mind is like, well, what's my rate? And then, you know, there's everyone always asks that, like, that's what, what's your rate? I go, well, the, boy, that depends on a lot of different things. It's, you know, what's the average size ticket you're charging a customer? Uh, how much, you know, our phrases pass through, how much are you doing in credit card business a month? Yeah. Um, you know, how are you taking payments? Um, and our business is interesting. It's it's going to cost more if the person isn't in person handing you the card mm. because there's more risk that's inherent to that transaction. So True. there's a lot of um, a lot of assumptions they kind of get with, but probably that that's their opening salvo is well, what's your rate? And then you know, you know, let's say for average it's maybe two and a half percent or something for a customer, and they said, oh well, I'm already getting that, and then and we asked them. Are you sure? Do you know? Have you yeah. looked at a statement? Uh, and a lot of times they haven't seen a statement in months or years, um, but they believe that just because their provider told them that. And they don't even know how to calculate it. Some of them, they don't even know how to read a statement. And that's that's not right. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, part of your uh, strength is the education part of things, too. So so tell yes. us about how you educate your your clients or, or potential clients. Sure. So there's there's a lot of different you know pieces to this, and and I think the first thing they want to know is they want to understand their statement. I think that's a cornerstone to their business, and often other 
peers in our industry aren't even sending them statements. So we make sure that they have 24 hour access, you know, uh, to their online statements to see their transactions. So they, uh, we walk them through if they want to know every line item through our the statement, they understand exactly what they're being charged. Uh, we teach them what all the different line items mean. Uh, we teach them how to best use their point of sale that we get them trained on that. We, you know, if we're in person, obviously we even go there on site, make sure it's installed well so they know how to use it and therefore they can teach their other um, other team members how to use the solution. And I think a big thing that's sort of unfortunately come up a lot in the in the the aftermath of the pandemic is there's been a lot of fraud. There's fraud is on the rise. I think there's people that are should be using that creativity towards a traditional job or trying to figure out ways to take advantage of people, you know, so there's a lot of fraudulent card activity. There's a lot of stolen numbers and things like that and taking advantage of online businesses and things like that. So we try and make sure that they're as educated as they possibly can be uh, to notice something that's suspicious yeah. and to teach the rest of their team members how to identify that and hopefully avoid any losses. Yeah, what to look out for. What are those red flags that you need to see or, yes. or find? Yes, exactly. Wow. You know, and I was thinking while you're talking um, about the types of payments that you take, and I'm curious, do you see more, and I guess maybe it depends on the business, but more in-person payments being taken, or is it more of the um, online payments with the person not physically there? Do you, have, I, do you see would, a shift would... or... I would see. I would say it's pretty still evenly split, but there's definitely a, a, a hybrid answer to that. Is I think there's definitely a rise on the um, the Apple Pay and the contactless payments. So that became very uh, almost necessary during the pandemic because people were obviously businesses were altering operations to stay stay in business, like restaurants are doing kind of curbside pickup. So people would literally be you know, um, you know, either online, like you mentioned, or they're yeah. kind of just driving by and, boop, t- you know, tapping their phone or their card quickly so that nobody had to touch anything, but they, everyone could still keep open and provide service and food and things like that. So that's definitely been on the rise, I think, for sure. And that was more in the younger generation. And it's definitely getting, um, getting up there with people who are slightly older using that service and technology, too. So one of the things that I'm wondering from your industry, it sounds like we're going to talk rates here. (laughs) So when you look at the rates, always what I see is the in-person when you pay with, you know, your card in a device or you're in a store, that rate is always lower than these online payments or, you know, invoices that you send out. Why is that? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's, uh, that is a case because it's kind of called like a card not present is mm-hmm. the phrase for that. So that's, a, you know, that's somebody who's either, you know, online shopping or something like that, or calling a calling an order in even and, and someone's just taking the credit card information over the phone and kind of yeah. inputting it to their system. There is a more inherent risk with that because mm-hmm. you don't really know if that's the actual person in that's not their card or, you know, even if it's somebody's kid took their parents card and they bought something, something like that. So there's more risk associated with that. So in result, the, the card uh, associations like MasterCard and Visa are going to have a higher rate for that mm-hmm. to kind of protect themselves against potential chargebacks or things like that. So uh, there are, you know, ways, as I mentioned before, that, you know, you can lower, you can lower um, 
the cost and the risk associated with that. So yeah, I'm sure you've been online, Tori, and there's been, you know, they'll ask you like, all right, well, what's the last three digits, you know, on the back of the card or uh, what's your zip code for your billing address? So those are all, a, a business is doing their job then. If they're asking you, I, as annoying as it is to fill it in, yeah. they're doing their job in mitigating risk and cost by providing that card information uh, to their partner system or whoever that may be. Uh, and so in, in exchange for more information like that, the risk and therefore the cost goes down. Mm. Do you think with the shift um, to businesses being more online, do you think that that rate or that percentage will ever change? Do you think that that will, it'll ever maybe level out that the online payment's not much more expensive than an in-person payment? Do you think with the trend of how things are going that it's a possibility? I think it's a possibility, but I just still think that risk is never going to go away. And frankly, you know, MasterCard, Visa, I mean, these are companies where stock prices are in the hundreds of dollars. So they're doing well. And I don't think they, <laughs> I don't think they'd like to see any cut in their, in their, uh, you know, in their success in that way. So I, I hopefully think that that will become more, uh, typical in the way people operate. So I'd love to see that go down a bit for people because I think that the different ways where you see so much now, how much people are even, remember it used to be shopping from your computer. Now it's shopping from your cell phone. I mean, right. I have bought lots of crap on Amazon at midnight, you know, in bed. I'm like, that sounds great. And then you wake up like, why did I order that? Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't think remorse. That, right. It's like, it sounded like such a good idea at the time, but I think, yeah, I don't think that's going away. So hopefully that would be great to, in some sort of way to, 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 you know, at least meet us halfway in some way between banks and processors and, and customers. That would be great. Uh, I don't foresee it soon, but, yeah. you know, maybe there's a little, little give and take there, hopefully. Yeah, no, I, it's interesting. Cause you think about that, everything's kind of shifting and everybody's kind of like in this, like, do we grow? Do we, you know, do we change? Do we hold on? And so it's just kind of thinking, you know, long-term, what does that look like? And, and from your perspective in your industry, you know, is that a possibility? You know, is that something that may change over time based on, you know, everybody being online, everybody paying online, where there's not that in-person payment anymore, you know, 10% of the time you're in person, you know, so how does that, that shift? There's got to be that question in your industry that people are, are have to be looking at or, or talking about. At least. Absolutely. I, yeah, right. I, and I was uh, in Columbus, I was at a, like a fireplace store a few weeks ago looking for something and the gentleman just had next to no inventory. And it was a business that I was trying to, um, trying to help, uh, you know, by shopping locally. Right. You know, Tori yeah. and, and he just had like very little inventory. And I said, he had like two of one thing. And I said, do you have any more, sir? And he just said, you know, the problem is I just don't order very much inventory because mm. everybody's buying this on Amazon. So, I mean, there's definitely, an, there's a plus and negative to all of right. that as well. But um, yeah, I hope, I hope that we can still continue with this technology as long as businesses are kind of, and they're getting more up to date with like the Apple Pay and things, as long as they kind of have at least the latest technology, yeah. I think then you're going to be serving a larger population, even if you're a traditional brick and mortar business. Yeah. You've got to help the mom and pops out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would consider all of us as entrepreneurs, we're technically mom and pops. So, you know, yeah. if you're not listed on, uh, you know, the NICE or anything, I think you're still a mom, you're a mom and pop. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, let's uh, let's shift a little bit into let's talk about female entrepreneur because, you know, obviously I can relate to that that topic. So, you know, what are what are what has your experience been as a female entrepreneur and and business owner and starting your own business over the last I think years? Yeah, over yeah, oh gosh, almost 10 years. That's kind of scary. That's Where did that go? Uh. <laughs> Insert the gray hair, increase, increase the years. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> increase the uh, hair appointments. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank God for technology. Um, but I, I think, you know, initially I, I, I was, I think more people might be a little more um, reserved in trying to do something. I think, as I'd mentioned previously with our conversation, I was fortunate enough to kind of go to an all women's school. So uh, that kind of gave you a, a, a real edge when it came to competitiveness and looking at, you know, looking at that at, at any kind of opportunity versus, you know, male or female. And I, I don't like bringing that, that conversation up too much. I mean, I think it, there's a lot of great women's networking events. So I, one answer to that is I definitely took advantage of that. Um, I think actually for my industry, Tori, it was interesting because you don't see a lot of people in this industry in sort of a, a, a C level, I guess one would say, or owner capacity. There's people in sales and support for sure, but there's still very few as we would be considered an ISO, an independent sales office, yeah. we uh, there's very few of those in this niche industry that are actually run or founded by women. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a unique process. And also with the way my name is spelled too, Tori, which is kind of silly, I get a lot of uh, Jim, Mr. Barlett. I'm like, no, he's dead, but um, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> that's so, my father. You know, so that's my father. Yeah. So it's uh, it, that was kind of an interesting twist to things. So on paper, they kind of think you're someone else. And then when they either see you or pick up the phone, they go, oh, oh. So I'm just like, I wonder if the conversation took a turn that way or not. Yeah. So um <laughs> But uh, no, I've, I, uh, I I just immediately, as soon as I started uh, working on, on Polypay, I just started looking for networking events um, and just kind of, it, it, it just sort of naturally gravitated that way. And I started making connections and um, I definitely, I think I've made, found some really great networking entities like kind of NABO and there's a few mm -hmm. other uh, national women's uh, networking events. And I think you just have to get out there, right? I think there's a lot of women business owners that lament that they're not where they want to be, but yeah. they're not putting themselves out there, I think yeah. as well. So I think you're kind of resting on laurels of like, well, I'm just this female here that's being ignored. No, you gotta, you're, you're a human and you need to get out there and interact. Yeah. I was female an introvert or male, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was an introvert before all of this. And I thought, wait a minute, I just created a company that's going to be based on sales. Oh, crap. Okay, so got to get Maybe out there, I James. You know? this so, yeah, exactly. Got to get out there, James. So that's that, that was a definitely eye-opener for me, too. And you just have to put yourself out there, and you have to be out of your comfort zone, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny. A lot of my background is in uh, home building industry. And so that's another conversation of there's not many public home builders that have female owners or presidents. And so interesting. it's interesting to see because we have within the, the building industry, we have a women in housing leadership group. Oh, neat. Okay. And so it's all these female women in this industry who are starting to like empower themselves and like, you know, yes, let's talk about what we can do. And, and yes, we're a part of this industry. And so it's always, you know, I'm not like, 
you know, I'm female, hear me roar kind of thing. But, you know, it's important. There's there's times to recognize that and there's times to, you know, say, you know, yeah, I can do this too. It's not just a man's world and, no. you know, here we are. We're all equal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We're just, you know, we're just another facet that makes things interesting. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You have to, you have to get out there. And I, I think I had an interesting reaction. I was joining a chamber um, about a year ago and I was filling out the paperwork for it. And, you know, typically with women, you kind of get marked, you know, women owned business, something like that. Yeah. Minority, minority. And I thought, oh, the, and so many other things I had filled out before over the past years, you kind of got to check yourself as the minority box. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, this chamber uh, said, oh, we don't, we're not, you're, we don't consider women a minority anymore. I go, oh, like your head kind of blew up for a minute there. Like you were like, Part of me was like, oh, like, why yeah. can't I get my little bad, damn it, my little bad But then you're like, yeah, that's good, right? Yeah, and I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, Jane, let's claw this back here. Like, yeah, no, that's a great thing. So it was kind of funny. I had this torn moment for, you know, with my pen hovering over yeah. the page. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's just a person, fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have that on uh, Google business pages. Like, you, you can oh, really? put, like, different, like, you know, checkbox, women owned business or, you know, whatever it might be. And so it's like one of those checkboxes that you're always coming across. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I just kind of felt like, oh, okay, I'll go sit over here. All right. You know, so it was, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a great moment, but it was, yeah, it was right. definitely a little bit of kind of a head blowing moment for a moment right. there where I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Just people. Got yes. it. Okay. <laughs> just Jamie, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fine. All right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so let's talk about, so what are some of the questions that you think uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneurs should be asking themselves or always thinking about in this space as a, as an owner or as a business? What are those, what's that question or questions that you should always be asking yourself? I, I think, and I know I, I mentioned it earlier was, I think you have to figure out what your business, what's the problem you're going to solve. So many people kind of start romanticizing an idea or they've seen someone in an industry or a business that they just, they want to emulate. You, you need to, you need to be, in order to be productive and, and a, a good member of society, well, you need to be solving a problem. Like, what are you going to, what are you going to fix? What are you going to do that's going to make somebody's day better? Yeah. Uh, I think that you need to come up with something like that. And I think uh, so many people think so far ahead about like, oh, this is what my website, you know, they start thinking, well, this is what the website, you know, I know I'm dabbling into your world here, Tori, but hang on. I'll watch it now. No. Hang on. I know. Ooh. Uh, but I, I think they need to get to that, right? But yeah. I think they don't take the time fundamentally in the very beginning. And I took quite a long time, uh, probably almost a couple years while I was still working, really thinking about what problem I was going to solve. And mm -hmm. I think that when you, you know, everyone says kind of like with parents, you know, you're everyone's child is the most beautiful child and the most talented child. Well, let's not forget, and this statement's going to sound strange, but it's like someone needs to pay money for your child, right? Yeah. So like, how are you? <laughs> How are you going to get somebody to trade money for your child, right? And I think people get a little bit insulted with that. And yeah. I experienced that in the first definitely probably year of my business. It's like, well, why won't someone pick me, right? Like, yeah. I'm right here. Or like, you know, it's like, no, but what are you doing to stand out? What are you doing to make something better? It's got to be good enough that someone is going to literally part with their you know, hard-earned cash in order to to connect with you. And and the fun part of our business, Tori, is that 
we should be saving people money even. So if someone should be coming to us and saying, I don't shouldn't have to spend a dime. And on, on top of that, you're going to save me money every day. So yeah. we love to say we're like kind of like a double delivery in that sense is we're, we're, we're kind of a twofer there mm-hmm. in that, in that sense. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think people need to kind of get off that romanticized version and, and make sure that they're down to earth and realistic about what their plan is going to be. And you need to stick with it. You need to stick with it. People want, I think people's timelines are very, you know, warped if you're not aware of, you know, they think they're going to be, you know, can't wait to file that massive tax, you know, return in in 18 months, Uh, probably longer, I think so. I think one of the other important questions is what differentiates you from the others? You know, because because what problem can you solve? Right. That's what your question is. What problem can you solve? But but on the next level, what differentiates yourself from these other people, the noise in the space that you're in? How would you Absolutely. set yourself apart? Absolutely. And and this is a very crowded space. I mean, there's there's the the big behemoths that are out there like First Data or you know Bank of America, who's partnered with First Data. I mean, there's there's a lot of smaller offices out there all over the place. So I mean, there's there's uh, this is a very crowded space. So I think you have to be very particular. Obviously, at the end of the day, numbers are at the end. Of, you know, our numbers are what are going to get you a win. And this is a very interesting industry, Tori, where it's literally half of a penny can make you get a deal or not when it comes to transactions and things like that. But right. I think truly what sell puts across this puts us across the finish line with customers is the super high touch. Um, a lot of customer support. They know to call us directly, not kind of call any of our partners or anything. They know, um, you know, we'll answer them, we'll educate, or if we don't have an answer, that's another thing. We're never going to say we know something. If we don't know, we'll get back to you. You know, I think that's, you should never be, uh, you know, the end of the day, numbers are at the end, you know, our numbers are what are going to get you a win. And this is a very interesting industry, Tori, where it's literally half of a penny can make you get a deal or not when it comes to transactions and things like that. But I think truly what puts across this puts us across the finish line with customers is the super high touch, um, a lot of customer support, they know to call us directly, not kind of call any of our partners or anything. They know, um, you know, we'll answer them, we'll educate, or if we don't have an answer, that's another thing. We're never going to say we know something. If we don't know, we'll get back to you. You know, I think that's, you should never be, uh, you know, telling your your customers a fib. If you don't know, that's yeah. fine. We'll get back to you. And then it's up to us to go and, and chase something down for a customer. And I think that's what they appreciate the most is and our understanding that business isn't nine to five. So yeah. if they, they call us on the weekends, they call us after hours because, you know, everybody's industry and business is different. So yeah. that need is never going to go away. So I yeah. think they like that continuity with us very much too. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would agree. I think that's, that's a huge differentiator for you and the high touch and, and, you know, customer relationship and the service that you provide them. I mean, you, yes. you just can't, pay enough for that, right? <laughs> no, no. And I, I love one point I love to bring up is that the team that works uh, works with us here, I love it when Christmas rolled around, we had customers sending our team Christmas cards, like thank you and Christmas cards. And I was like, oh, it was not one for Jamie, but you know, it was, I'm, I'm being facetious, but I thought that's, that's when you know you're doing something right, right? Like a customer who clearly doesn't have time to be doing things like that literally sent uh, you know our team members you know yeah. holiday cards and i was like 
I love I that. still have those cards to this day. I go, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to be a little mad, but I'm yeah. going to get over it. And then I'm going to put it in my folder. And I have kept it to this day. because I love that relationship. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're too good at this. Why is yeah. that? So yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's a great example, though, that I love that yeah. somebody went above and beyond to do something like that. That just shows uh, yeah. that I feel like we're where we need to be. So that, you know, it's funny, that kind of dovetails into my next question, which was, how do you measure success? So I'm curious, how do you measure you, Jamie? How do you measure success for yourself? And then how do you measure success for Polypay? Sure. I think that uh, success for, for me on a personal level, I think, is knowing that you are doing the right thing for somebody that you're taking. Uh, so it's, it's a mixing. I'm mixing the answer there. Apologies, Tori. But uh, for me personally, I like when I go home at night and you know you can sleep well and that you're doing the right thing, that you are, are being a positive force out there in the world for businesses and whatnot. I think that's what makes, uh, makes something successful for me as a person, that our reputation is intact, that people know uh, that we can be trusted and that I have uh, formed and, and put together, I feel a team that is, uh, very powerful and helpful. I think that that's, that that's just good energy. You know, you're putting good energy out there in the world and you're leaving a good mark out there. And that, you know, when people see me or there, and there's a, they're, you know, open and warm and, Oh, Hey, Jamie, great to see you. And they kind of, they know that what I'm associated with both as an individual or polypay, that there is that positivity around that. I feel like that's, that's success for me for sure. Yeah. And then for Polypay, how do you guys measure your success? Is that by the number of clients you have or how do you guys? I think, I mean, always we love adding more customers for sure, but I think uh, studying and, and we're again, very numbers based uh, as a business and numbers driven, but seeing how much we save and we track it, how much we save our customers, even on a daily or a monthly basis or yearly basis. I mean, it's, it's been in the tens of thousands of dollars for individual customers alone. And, and to seeing that, that we can provide that value with, with our service and that they can then in turn go use that money that they were, that they were burning uh, with a yeah. previous provider that they can go out there. Some of them have been able to hire more team members. Some of them have been able to buy things for their business. I mean, that's just a really cool uh, uh, benefit of, of yeah. being in this industry so that it's how powerful that, taking that money that they didn't even know they could have back and seeing them being able to use that different ways and then build their own success from that. That's really cool. I think yeah. that's, that's what makes, that's what makes me and hopefully I think our team happiest too. Yeah. Being a part of other people's success and just a, Absolutely. a person to help them along that journey for sure. Yes, yes, yes. And it's, and we're proud to say we still have our first customer from almost 10 oh. years ago. So yeah, that's, it's a, that's yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's almost like, uh, what would you say, Tori? That's almost like a Hollywood marriage, right? I mean, that's <laughs> 10 years out in LA. What is that? 50? I'm not sure. So that's, that's a then, long time. If they, if they started with you and then left and came back, that's still a Hollywood marriage, right? <laughs> I, I would say so kind of like an Elizabeth Taylor move there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or a Larry King move. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So are there any final words of wisdom that you can share with our audience or any guidance that you would give them for entrepreneurs who are in this space that, you know, could potentially use your services? What is, what's that wisdom that you can bestow upon them? I think, you know, as a, as a 
entrepreneur to other entrepreneurs, I think you have to really, again, think hard about what, what you're going to offer. What is that solution you're going to provide? And I think you have to be um, understanding that this is sort of you're giving birth. And so this isn't going away when this entity starts. I mean, I remember when I hired my first employee and I thought, oh, my, it was like instantly having children. I go, wait a minute. Whoa. Like you have to be responsible for somebody's well-being here. I thought, well, I kill plants. This isn't a good move. Um <laughs> But I think you have to, I think you have to, you, you have to look, think about the long run and not, you know, not everything is, is everyone looks at, especially in an Instagram world where everything is shiny and perfect. There's a lot of ugly days and there's a lot of days where you're tired and there's a lot of days where things just aren't working. And I think you have to be aware there's going to be more of those in the front than towards the end and that, and that it's a complete journey. It's a long runway. And if you do you, you're work and your uh, put your heart towards it hopefully there's going to be a lot more runway ahead uh, mm -hmm. than behind i love that i think that's so true you gotta you know get be in it for the long haul and you know look at that long yes. distance and and go to anything you can think of i mean my joke is right like you go to an opening of an envelope right i mean it's you never know who you're going to meet and i have met some great people just uh, you know you're tired and it's the end of the day and you're like god i don't want to go to this mixer. I don't want to go to yeah. this. Just go. Even if it's 10, 15 minutes, you'll start to figure out when it's not going to be worth your while for certain things. But in the beginning, my gosh, I, I tried to go to absolutely everything I could uh, yeah. because it just, that's the beauty of this world and people is you never know who's going to be there or who that person who you met knows. So. Right. Yeah. And that's what I love about podcasting is that's, you know, gives us the opportunity to meet new people and you know, I appreciate your time today and just the knowledge and the insight that you shared with me and with my listeners. And, um, you know, I just want to thank you for, for being a guest on the show. Well, thank you, Tori. Thanks for the, for the opportunity and the platform and the conversation. And, and hopefully my goal is I've added a little bit of value or at least somebody got a good laugh, I hope. So that's, that's what always I aim for, one laugh. or the other. Yeah, always, always one or the other or maybe both. So that's the goal. So thank you. Yeah. And where can uh, people go to connect with you, learn more about Polypay? Where would you like to sure. send them? Sure. So we have a website. It's polypay.com. So that's P-O-L-Y-P-A-Y.com. We're on Instagram uh, at Polypay Processing. Uh, we try and do our best in uh, posting, uh, you know, tips and fun things. And you'll see uh, a lot of uh, pop-ins from Spike, who is my 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 pup and uh, kind of the mascot. So he shows up a lot and, and uh, you know, we like to share, you know, industry information there. And we're always trying to obviously be on podcasts, things like that, or publishing articles. So hopefully they can take a visit there and, and let us know their thoughts and, and reach out if they need us. Yeah, definitely. I highly recommend you follow them on Instagram, check out their website. Um, I think, you know, if anyone has any payment uh, questions or processing information that they need, Polypay can definitely be a, a service to help them. And, and I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to meet you and, and connect with you and looking forward to our long-term journey together. Right. Thank you very, very much again, Tori. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also, make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.